now tuned in to the World Class Hoops Podcast. And now, here's your host, Chris Rouse. What's good, everyone? And welcome in to a brand new edition of the World Class Hoops Podcast here for Tuesday, August the 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Rouse, coming to you from my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. And on today's edition of the World Class Hoops Podcast, we got a pretty pretty full show. Going to cover 2021 NBA free agency, give some day one impressions, also going to discuss some remaining free agents. And then also on the Olympic, we're going to go on to the Olympics later in the show. We're going to talk about Team USA, the men's Team USA's men's basketball team defeated Spain earlier. They advanced to the Olympic semifinals. And then later tonight, the women's team, they begin their knockout stage. They begin the knockout stage. They kick off the quarterfinals when they take on Australia later tonight. But while we, before we get into all that, let's, give, let's get the social media in. Remember, you can catch the show, the World Class Hoops podcast, on Twitter at WCHP Media. Also available on Facebook at World Class Hoops Podcast. And then also, remember, you can catch it on YouTube at World Class Hoops Podcast. The show is also streaming on all platforms, including Apple, Anchor, Google, and Spotify. And then also, if you want to, you can catch me. You can catch me, Chris Rouse, on Twitter and Instagram at KingRouse21. There you see it on your screen, K-I-N-G-R-O-U-S-E 21. But also, not just not just myself. You know, I do some other shows. I got Students at the Game, which is available on Twitter at SOTG Chicago. Also in uh, in partnership with the Joe with Joe Morning Show, hosted by my good buddy Joe Joseph Gregory, who was on the show yesterday. Also, speaking of this show, had Luke Stanzik on the show for our Honest Chicago Bulls discussion. You can catch that on YouTube. But also, we have a message in from uh, the Art of the Science, which you can catch on Twitter at A-R-T-O-F-S-C-I Boxing. It's hosted by my good buddy, my brother, Justin Adams. And uh, he sent in his promo for his show. Here's a look at the, uh, here's a message from the Art of the Science. I'm going to tell him. No, I don't care what the doctor said. We got to tell him now. Art of the Science, A-L-T-S. Realist boxing podcast in these internet streets. This is our block. Now you're gonna get down or you're gonna lay down. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. The videos are on the YouTube and Facebook page. Audio, you're gonna hear that on Google and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. No, no, no. Rough on him now. No, he needs to know. Okay. He's always crying. Tough luck. Come kick it with the realist every Friday. Follow me at JA underscore the realist at Art of Side Boxing. That's A-R-T-O-F-S-C-I Boxing. That's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Now, you either get down or you lay down. What's it going to be, sunshine? Welcome back into the World World Class Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rouse. As I mentioned, today we were going to get into uh, NBA free agency. NBA free agency began last night at uh or yesterday at 5 p.m. Central. I'm always I'm always interested in kind of like that evening to you know that today evening uh, timeline. You know that afternoon evening timeline. You know how you you know how they do it on you know this evening at six. But anyway, uh, it began yesterday at 5 p.m. Central time. The NBA free agency and honestly, uh, I just want to give my day one impressions. Well, first off, you know I'm gonna talk about the Bulls. I'm gonna talk about Lonzo Ball. That was literally. The uh, first reported signing of free agency, so I will get into that. But overall, uh, my day one impression saw a lot of I saw a lot of glorified. I thought it was a lot of glorified contract renegotiations, and also I saw a lot of loyalty. Uh, Chris Paul he remained in Phoenix. Mike Conley he goes back to Utah. This just in. Steph Curry uh, he 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 signs the four year two hundred fifteen million dollar extension to stay with the Warriors. He was not a free agent, but that just dropped into my lap at this moment. 
Mike Conley, he stays with Utah. Uh, Jared Conley, uh, Jared, Jared Conley, Jared Allen, five years, $100 million to remain with Cleveland as a restricted free agent. Tim Hardaway Jr., who I thought was somebody that could be key on the shooter's market, he remains with Dallas. Sacramento kept Rashawn Holmes, a big, uh, the big power forward. Uh, Philadelphia was able to keep Furkan Korkmaz, Will Barton in Denver, Norman Powell in Portland. Get my point. A lot of a lot of glorified contract renegotiations. But if I had to, if I had to choose one team, though, like you said, who who do I think did it the best? I think the New York I think the New York Knicks did it the best. They were able to keep Derrick Rose. They also kept Alec Burks. Uh, they re-signed Nerlens Noel, so they're pretty much able to run back that team that made it to the playoffs last season. They um they did keep they did resign Taj Gibson earlier, but also they were able to sign Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier, who was still playing in the Olympics, I'll have more on him later. He's still playing in the Olympics for France, and matter of fact, they're going to the semifinals. And uh, Evan Fournier, <laughs> of course, he made news recently after the quote that hey, in international basketball, France is better than the t- than the players that are on Team USA, but. Evan Foyer, he ended up getting the contract, and he's one of the guys in the league that I don't I don't necessarily want to say he's an underrated scorer, but he's somebody I do like to watch. He is a pretty good scorer. I mean, this is a guy that has averaged at least 15 a game in each of the last four seasons. I think in three of those years, he's averaged 17. So Evan Foyer, he's def- that's a definitely a solid addition to the New York Knicks. You put him in that backcourt with an R.J. Barrett, with a Derrick Rose, along with Emmanuel Quickly. You're talking about two rows of guards that can come in and give you points, give you production for the New York Knicks. So I think Evan Fournier, I think that was a really big pickup for the Knicks. They did a good job of keeping their team intact. And now Evan Fournier, now you just add him in as one piece, and you see how far the Knicks can go next season. I mentioned how the Knicks had two guards. Well, the Bulls, they too, they added two guards in free agency. Look. I'm going to try to be as unbiased as possible. I mean, I had a whole Bulls discussion yesterday, which you can catch on YouTube. I'm just stating the facts here. There you see on the screen the Chicago Bulls add Lonzo Ball via a signing trade along with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. They add Lonzo Ball for four years, $85 million. The uh, signing trade will be for – so Lonzo Ball will sign that contract and he will be traded to the Bulls in, in exchange for Tomas Sadoransky, a second-round pick, and Garrett Temple. So the Bulls – get Lonzo Ball in exchange for Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick. And then later in the day, they added Alex Caruso for four years, $37 million. And now just in to the World Class Hoops podcast, Carmelo Anthony has agreed to a one-year deal with the Lakers. That I, Honestly, I kind of expected that. Kind of expected Carmelo to land with the Lakers. That, were, that was rumored a week ago. And then also the talk throughout the years just of Carmelo Anthony wanting to be on the, be on the same team as LeBron, especially – any years where Carmelo's career was looking a little shaky, you didn't know what was going to happen with him. But also, another trade this this trade in addition for the Bulls kind of has been in addition for years. It's been it's kind of been in the works for years for Chicago. I remember a few years ago, uh, it was rumored the Bulls were thinking about trading Wendell Carter, and in uh, the number actually last year, Wendell Carter in the number four pick possibly for Lonzo Ball. I remember hearing that years ago when back. All right, actually, I think I did an interview one time and I mentioned. Rumors about Alonzo Ball possibly coming to the Bulls. Now Malik Monk, he goes to the Los Angeles Lakers. So Lakers, so they, the Lakers think like th- thankfully they're on my list. I did have them coming up later in the show. So the Lakers just keep adding to my notes as I as I go along here. But for the Chicago Bulls, they add Alonzo Ball, they add Alex Caruso, and what I have to say, what a pickup, a great pickup for the Chicago Bulls. You get the you get the much needed point guard that has been talked about throughout the city. Now, I know I know what I've said. I've said I, I didn't think necessarily they automatically needed a point guard. I think they I thought they needed a third scorer. But they do get the point guard. They go for Lonzo Ball. 
They also don't have to give up Kobe White. They get to keep Kobe White, who is also, remember, out with an injury. And also, there are more rumors that the Bulls could be looking at a possible sign and trade for DeMar DeRozan. They add Alex Caruso, who, looking at the team as it's currently constructed, if you put him with Kobe White in the backcourt, looks a lot like what I talked about with the Knicks earlier. You get two waves of, two waves of guards. You get Lonzo Ball, you get Zach Levine, and then in the backcourt, you get Kobe White and Alex Caruso. And also, with if you hold on to Kobe White and make and keep Alex Caruso, the possibility of in making that guard position pretty much interchangeable with Kobe White being pretty much a, a very good scorer off the bench. Alex Caruso, who's intercha- who was interchangeable at time with the Lakers. Now, you know, you, you can pick and choose if you want to say, well, look who was on his team if you want to or not. But there were times where he would, he would be the facilitator and he would be the guy that would kind of spark the Lakers. I remember jokingly during the playoffs, I even said, man, Alex Caruso, man, he's out there by himself right now. <laughs> Alex Caruso needs some help. So Alex Caruso has proven he could be a spark, as has Kobe White. But once again, I did mention DeMar DeRozan, the sign and trade rumors. He could possibly be coming to the Bulls. The Bulls are actively attempting to bring him in. On the other side of the DeMar DeRozan argument, I think he could be waiting on the L.A. Clippers. Remember, he is from US, He did go to USC. He is from the Los Angeles area. Maybe he could be eyeing the Clippers, possibly. Haven't heard any reports, but it sounds logical. He could be staying in San Antonio. Going to be tough for him. Going to be tough for him to go to Miami. I mean, Miami really pushing up against the cap. And then on top of that, the Miami Heat really did a good job in free agency themselves. And honestly, in my personal opinion, I think the Miami Heat, they did the best on day one. I thought the Miami Heat, of all the teams, I, yes, I, I love the Bulls signing for Lonzo Ball. You get the point guard to go with Zach Levine. However, there was a little bit to that Lonzo Ball argument that I will talk about later because I'm going to name the Pelicans as well as the team that I thought did well. But the Miami Heat, I thought, did the best of everybody in free agency on day one. I mean, look on the screen. They added Kyle Lowry. They added P.J. Tucker from the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks, who have been making moves themselves, uh, keeping Bobby Portis, uh, adding Simi Ojale, adding Rodney Hood. And now Miami, they continue to add to their style of basketball. You get Kyle Lowry, you add a, shoot, a corner shooter in P.J. Tucker, was also versatile on the defensive end, as we saw in the finals. They also keep one of the more elite shooters in the league and, and keep him for a long time in Duncan Robinson, as you see there. Five years, $90 million to keep him on the roster. Also, you have Tyler Hero, who is still on rookie deal. They add Dwayne Dedman. We'll keep Dwayne Dedman, as you see with the re-sign. And they keep that interior size. A little bit of interior size now to go with what they've just added a a facilitator, a, a true facilitator, a, a true facilitator in Kyle Lowry. You you got your shooter. You add your shooters in Duncan Robinson and PJ Tucker, versatile defender as well in PJ Tucker, a big man inside in Dwayne Deadman, and then you sign Jimmy Butler to a contract extension of four years, one hundred eighty-four million dollars. And honestly, the real reason why I think Miami really did the best is the long-term picture here. Just think about these contracts. Three years for Kyle Lowry. Five years for Duncan Robinson. Four years for Jimmy Butler, on the extension anyway. Miami has really put themselves in a good position 
for these next three years to really make another run at Milwaukee. And yes, I am naming Milwaukee because, I mean, they did just win the East and won the NBA championship. <laughs> Who else to name? That's literally the team that eliminated them. Eliminated the Miami Heat on the way to win an NBA championship. And not only that, they added a piece from Miami, from Milwaukee and P.J. Tucker. So the Miami Heat, a really good, a really good opening day of free agency, in my opinion, also putting themselves in position to make another run at the Milwaukee Bucks. As I mentioned earlier, make a run for those next three years. Also putting their contracts right aligned with Milwaukee, who is pretty much set up to have their roster probably for about another three years with Chris Middleton. Uh, Chris Middleton, I think, comes due in 2023 on his contract. Drew Holiday in 2025, I believe. And yeah, actually, I think Drew Holiday is 2024. Giannis is 2025. Or, or maybe 2023. Something like that. But I know those three guys, Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they, their contracts are all set to do around the same time as the guy, the contracts that Miami just got their players to sign, including having Bam Adebayo, who they re-signed a season ago. And he's under contract with a player option due in 2025. So we could be looking at a lot of Miami, Milwaukee, in these next few years, if these teams, if these rosters can hold and uh, things play out on the floor the way we expect based off the signings that we've seen from day one and also based off the way the rosters are as of now here on August the 3rd. At this moment, it's 2.14 p.m. As I, as I make that statement. A lot of Lakers news coming in, and that's like that's right on cue for me because I was going to go into the, uh, the impact of the Russell Westbrook trade on both the teams, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers and the Washington Wizards. Uh, last week, last Thursday, actually, the day of the NBA draft, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Washington Wizards agreed to a trade that will send uh, Washington guard Russell Westbrook to the Lakers in exchange for three players. It will be Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and uh, former six-man of the year Montrez Harrell. Uh, I was interested in how these two teams would be affected by the by free agency. And so far, what we've seen up until today, we've seen a lot of retreads for the Lakers. And I don't mean that in a bad way because, I mean, they added Dwight Howard who was a part of the championship team in the bubble two seasons ago. Uh, they, they bring back Trevor Ariza, who was a part of the championship teams back in, uh, I want to say, 09 and 2010. He was a part of those teams with Kobe Bryant. And then they bring back Wayne Ellington and Kent, Kent Bazemore. Uh, Ellington, Ellington, this is his, uh, he's played for eight different NBA teams. And uh, interesting, this is actually interesting. This is probably more interesting than playing for eight teams. This will be the second team that he uh, repeats with. So he'll be repeating with the Lakers. And he's coming from the first team he repeated with, the Detroit Pistons. So Wayne Ellington, he'll get his second stint with, with another team. That'll be the Lakers. And Kent Bazemore, now he gets his second stint with the Lakers as well after playing for them back in, uh, was it, I think it was 14 for Bazemore, 15 for Ellington. I know they missed each other for like a year. So, so both of them back in Los Angeles. And then, as I said earlier, Carmelo Anthony, a one-year deal. He, too, signs to the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Lakers... I mean, you, when you look at the team, they're getting a lot of a lot of veterans here, and a lot of guys with playoff experience. Maybe an older team, maybe an older team by age, but I mean, I guess that's what they're looking for—the veterans, the guys that can play around LeBron James, can play in his locker room with Russell Westbrook. But when you look at this team, it's just a lot of personality. It's a lot of personality on this team, maybe, whether that be past or present. A lot of personality: Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, Dwight Howard. You know, Dwight Howard, a little more tamed than he used to be back in his Orlando days. Carmelo Anthony, much the same. Not not, not as outspoken, maybe not as outspoken as he used to be in New York and Denver, but still a personality. You add uh, Kent Bazemore, another guy that's a personality in my opinion. Uh, uh, one of those guys that I see talking a lot of trash on the court. Uh, you always see Kent Bazemore either, either talking on the court or he's talking on, on social media. So uh, 
Ken Bazemore, that's another guy. That's a lot of personality in that locker room. Going to be interesting to see how this team holds up. I mean, on the court, uh, I think they need some. Sh- I think they need some more shooting. I think they did did a good job of adding shooting, though. They did get uh, Wayne Ellington. They added Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore. I mean, he could be a little iffy sometimes. Trevor Ariza, they, who is known for his outside shooting, but if I'm being honest, also had the game in Houston where he shot like 0 for 12 when they uh, missed 27 straight threes in Game Seven. Carmelo Anthony, he's been playing very well the last few years in Portland. Wayne Ellington, he's been a solid player. I've seen him with the Knicks in Detroit the last few seasons. So, I mean, the Lakers, they have guys that, are, that have been proven in the league, but you just wonder when those guys, when those legs may get a little, maybe getting a little old, maybe running a little tired. I mean, the Lakers did have a first-round exit last year, but I'm not counting out LeBron James, man. Look, LeBron, I know, the last, I know they lost in the first round last year. They did win the title the year before that. But, I mean, what LeBron James has been able to accomplish this late in his career has still been amazing. This is a team that does now have Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, I I keep saying, one of my favorite players ever to watch just because of the triple-doubles and just the passion. Like, I think think he gets a bad rep sometimes. Some people say he's trying to pass stats, but I think that's 100% effort 100% of the time. That's that's what I think about Russell Westbrook. That's just just my opinion. Going to be interesting. Going to be very interesting to see what happens with this Lakers team, man. I mean – it's really interesting roster, man. Like you got a lot of a lot of veterans on this team, man. So uh, they they did lose to Phoenix in the playoffs last year. Uh, I really can't say that I think they're the favorite in the West going in. I think Phoenix is doing a good job right now trying to run it back. Uh, they keep they they were able to re-sign Chris Paul. They re-signed Cameron Payne to a three-year deal. So I think I mean Milwaukee and Phoenix. I think they're still the teams to beat. I mean they've they've been able to pretty much keep everybody. But in terms of Milwaukee. I think the great, the big issue with them is going to be, uh, can they keep Brent Forbes? Because if Brent Forbes goes elsewhere to the East, like say a Brooklyn, or if he goes to maybe maybe a Philadelphia, who was also able to keep Furkan Korkmaz, or or if he goes maybe maybe not necessarily a Miami, but or to a Boston or something like that, it could be it could be really interesting in that Eastern Conference for Milwaukee. Uh, for the Wizards, on the Wizards, I thought I think the Wizards have also done pretty well in free agency. I talked about Miami, but the Wizards were able to ask Spencer Dinwiddie. Also, the trade to get the three guys they got, Kuzma, Caldwell, Pope, Harrell, a lot of energy. You're adding a lot of outside shooting and a lot of energy, a lot of iffy shooting, I will admit, though, with Kuzma and KCP, who I think I think Laker, a lot of Laker fans, man, he would catch a lot of heat from Laker fans, but I thought he was solid, man. So KCP, uh, he's he's on Washington. He can be solid. And then they have um, – and then in the draft, they got Corey Kispin. So I think the Wizards have done a pretty good job so far in free agency. So uh, the late, it's really it's really weird. I think the the Wizards, a team who made the play in, I think it's just because the expectations are different. I think the Wizards they made the play in game, they did better. They added another score and they added shooting around Bradley Beal. The Lakers they add Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, you and you know Kent Bazemore, Trevor Reza, Dwight Howard, and all you hear is oh they need shooting or these guys are old or even even for me. But I mean it's an honest opinion. It's an honest thought. Like are these like this team is a little. A little more seasoned than past than the Lakers team they had the past couple of years. We think about guys like Kuzma, Alex Caruso, who's now on the Bulls, KCP. Uh, I mean, they did they have had those veterans in the locker room, but they also have had some balance. Now, I think this year it's a little bit more of a balance toward the veteran side of the locker room. When I'm looking at the Lakers, and I think that I think that's that's kind of what's more standing out to me. And then on the court, you know, the la- you know losing guys that have been consistent shooters the past few years, but. Going to try to turn that around with some of these additions like Ellington, Wayne Ellington, Kim Bazemore, and Trevor Reason. I feel like I spent way too much time on the Lakers there. New Orleans Pelicans. 
the Pelicans were a trade partner with the Chicago Bulls, as I mentioned earlier, in the signing trade for Lonzo Ball. It was uh, Tomas Sadoransky. It was Garrett Temple and a second-round pick for Lonzo Ball. But uh, I thought the New Orleans Pelicans actually did pretty well in free agency because I think they did, much like I said with the Knicks, much like I said with the Bulls, they did a good job of adding that two waves of guards sort of sorted on their team. They got, they added uh, Devontae Graham from uh, the Charlotte Hornets via free agency. And they also added uh, Jonas Valanciunas in the, the big man from Memphis. So they give themselves pretty much a lot of scores on this team. New Orleans, it looks like they're going to be one of those teams. They're going to try to outscore you. I mean, when you think about uh, Devontae Graham, they asked Sadoransky, who's probably, I guess, going to try to be the point guard to this team. Maybe, I guess he'll be the, he'll probably be the facilitator type guy or, they may go with Kyra Lewis Jr. off the bench. Out of who, the guy they had out of Alabama, he'll be going into his second season. Try to pair him with Devontae Graham in that backcourt. Also, Brandon Ingram, uh, an all, former All-Star, former Most Improved Player, and then of course Zion Williamson. The reports about him possibly being unhappy in New Orleans. I think New, I think the Pelicans front office did a good job for new for new rookie head coach uh, Willie Green. They add scoring and Devontae Graham. They get rid of Lonzo Ball. I mean, maybe they lose the maybe they lose the, a little bit on the facilitator end, but they add Tomas Sadoransky. And also for Lonzo Ball, his assist numbers, rebound numbers were a little bit down. So for the Pelicans, if you look at it from that perspective, I can understand possibly understand saying, hey, you know what? We could part ways with Lonzo Ball and then trade for Sadoransky, who will be a free agency, try to trade him moving forward. And then you add Devontae Graham, who has been a scorer on the Charlotte Hornets. He's been a solid outside shooter. Shoots the same percentage as Lonzo Ball, actually. And, you know, Lonzo catches a lot of heat about his outside shot sometimes. Now, Devontae Grimm, now you can say, well, maybe they shoot more. No, they shoot the exact same amount. Average about eight. They both average three makes, eight misses. Or, I'm sorry, three makes, eight attempts. And they both shoot 37%. So, so I mean, I guess maybe maybe could have been a look at numbers or maybe just a maybe just a breath of fresh air, maybe a personality change in the locker room for New Orleans. But, Overall, I thought New Orleans did a good job. I mean, they did add Garrett Temple, who, who uh, I'm not trying to put a stamp on his career, but just from the looks of it, being that he's a veteran, and I mean, he is going to New Orleans on a two-year deal. He is from Baton Rouge. Looks like he may be trying to wind down his career in his hometown of Chicago, possibly. I don't know for sure. Just, just to get, I'm sorry, of New of uh, Louisiana. Remember, he went to LSU from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So could possibly be trying to wind down his career at home. Just, just speculation. Just, just me trying to connect dots. I could be wrong. But, you know, seems like a good pickup for him. He showed his worth on the Bulls in that off the bench with Thaddeus Young. So I think New Orleans got some solid players to kind of help out some of those younger guys in that backcourt like Graham and Lewis that, that are going to be on that team moving forward along with uh, Zion Williamson and uh, Brandon Ingram. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, they were another team, a couple of teams out west actually. I thought Portland was more of a team that did a good job with, uh, with the balance of keeping – of keeping guys that were up, like Norman Powell, as you can see on the screen, and adding Cody Zeller. Uh, they lose Carmelo Anthony, as we as I mentioned earlier. They lose Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood had been out due to injuries with the uh, Achilles from uh, a couple seasons ago anyway. But they but they add Cody Zeller to pair him in the front court with Yusef Nurkic. They get a, they get somebody that's very good at running the floor. Uh, they, they add him with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. And they, and they keep Norman Powell, so another score to go on that to keep on that Portland team. So pretty much Portland trying to revamp that front court. That was something I thought they were going to have to do rework that front court. Uh, Zach Collins, I mean, I think he needed a fresh start anyway, and he's going to get that. That's exactly what he's going to get playing for the San Antonio Spurs, along with Doug McDermott, who left the Indiana Pacers. Um, 
the reason why I'm highlighting the Spurs, man, is because yesterday on the show I said it was going to be a shooter's market. I said it was going to be a shooter's market in the free agency, and I thought the Spurs nabbed up a lot of the guys that were kind of like stretch shooters, like Zach Collins, uh, Doug McDermott. And it's interesting because uh, they have uh, DeMar DeRozan. We know he's he's a free agent. Remember the rumors I mentioned earlier about him possibly being uh, signed and traded to the Bulls. Also, possibly, like I said, speculation, just me once again connecting dots, could be trying to go to L.A. I mean, the Clippers have the space for him. They could try that out. I mean, they could be trying to go to the Clippers. I, I mean, just trying to connect dots. Also, but San Antonio... I mean, he could be trying. They could be trying to bring him back. Could be trying to bring Demar Derozan back. I mean, he's one of the better mid-range shooters in the league, in my opinion. They have Derek White. They have Dejounte Murray. So let's. I mean, maybe they, maybe San Antonio could be trying to turn it around. They lost Trey Lyles. They lost Trey Lyles. He's going to Detroit. So San Antonio could be trying to rework that team a little bit. Trying to trying to make it more of an outside shooting team uh, to try to catch up to the NBA. I think Greg Popovich. Uh, he's had more of that mid-range team because of what he's had with Demar Derozan. A lot more of a half-court basketball, some of that old-school Spurs basketball where you see a lot of cutting, a lot of movement, and that's how you see guys like Derek White, who is also very good. Derek White on the Spurs, you see them some kind, some, sometimes capture the headlines uh, due to some of those, some of those, uh, you know, some of those selections in Greg Popovich's schemes. I don't know why I was blinking on the word there, but some of the, some of those plays that come out of the uh, Greg Popovich scheme in San Antonio. Uh, remaining free agents. Free agency does continue on today. Uh, I mentioned DeMar DeRozan. I've mentioned him maybe about four or five times. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, remember the reports are that he is going to resign with the L.A. Clippers. Uh, that has not been confirmed yet. I asked Joseph Gregory on the show yesterday thoughts on a possible Kawhi swerve. Not that I think Kawhi would just swerve, but, hey, you got to keep it open. It's free agency. You never know. Maybe he could. Maybe he could. He would want to go somewhere else after two straight playoff exits and then also – the uh, torn ACL, and for the second time, this is Kawhi. is in a place where he's had issue with sort of the team doctors. I mean, San Antonio, he the misdiagnosis of the quad was one of the issues that caused him to uh, get traded out of there for Toronto. And once again, I keep mentioning DeMar DeRozan and him possibly going to the Clippers. Once again, he and Kawhi kind of kind of tied together on accident here. But when you think about Kawhi Leonard, I mean. I, I mean, him going back to the Clippers seems like a good idea. I mean, they got Paul George. I think they. I thought they did. A, I thought they made a valiant run through the playoffs, despite being down 0-2 in both the first and second rounds to uh, Dallas and Utah. They got all the way to the Western Conference Finals, and honestly, I felt if Kawhi Leonard would have played, I even picked. That was my final prediction at the beginning of the year: Clippers Bucks. So maybe if Kawhi would have played, maybe we could have seen that. So maybe he does want to come back, give it another try. Maybe after the uh, ACL injury, but also there's a possibility he could be looking elsewhere. So keep watching. I'm going to keep watching out for that uh, Kawhi Leonard storyline as well as NBA free agency continues on. Uh, Kelly Oubre of the Washington Wizards, I think he he might be likely headed somewhere else as well. The Wizard uh, of the Golden State Warriors, he used to play for the Wizards. Kelly Oubre of the Golden State Warriors could be headed somewhere else possibly. Um, the Warriors earlier signed uh, Otto Porter. See, that's why I said Wizards. They signed Otto Porter Jr., another former Wizard. And they also signed uh, Nemanja Bjelica. They got him from the Miami Heat. So Golden State kind of reworking their front court. And Kelly o- Kelly Oubre has not yet been signed. So maybe he could be on his his way elsewhere. Danny Green of Philadelphia. I talked about the shooters market. Danny Green of Philadelphia. He's still yet to be signed. Milwaukee. They've signed uh, Semi Ojale and Bobby Portis. I mentioned that earlier. Also added Rodney Hood to go in the front court. And uh, Bryn Forbes is still available in the free agent market. By the way, Bobby Portis. Speaking of Bobby Portis, I mentioned him earlier. 
Uh, I thought he, I thought he was a part of the loyalty and uh, glorified renegotiation, renegotiated contracts that I was talking, I was talking about earlier. Stayed in Milwaukee for less money, two years, nine million. Meanwhile, PJ Tucker, he went to uh, Miami and he got two years, fifteen million. And then uh, JJ Reddick, JJ Reddick, he's still available from the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Remember, he was on New Orleans, got traded to Dallas. He too is available in the free agent market. So those are some of the guys that I will be watching out for. As the NBA, as NBA free agency continues to roll along right here on the World Class Who's podcast. But while we have a quick moment, I'm going to take a quick break, man. We're going to get up out of here real quick, take a quick break, and send it to a quick message from the art of the science. And then when we come back, we're going to get into our Olympic talk right after this quick message. Can I help you? Allow me to uh, introduce myself. Art of the science with the realist, Justin App. All right, man. Get out of that jalopy and let's talk some business. AOTS, bringing you that real boxing news, analysis, breakdown, previews. I am the Mac Daddy. I play it straight up, yo. Come kick it with your boy every Friday. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You get the hell out of my hood. Welcome back into the World Class Hoops Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chris Rouse, coming to you from my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Real quick, remember, you can catch the World Class Hoops Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, Twitter at WCHP Media, Facebook and YouTube at the World Class Hoops Podcast. Also, you can catch me there, you see on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at KingRouse21. And now as we continue here on the World Class Hoops Podcast, it's time to get into the Olympics. We'll wrap up the show talking about the Olympic uh, the Olympic quarterfinals matchup. First, we're going to talk about the men's Olympic quarterfinals. La- uh, last night, this morning, I do this every day. I need to stop. Uh, this morning, Team USA defeated Spain. Uh, they won 95-81 thanks to a big performance from Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant leading the way in the ballgame with 29 points and four assists. But once again, I don't know what it is with Team USA, man. They keep playing these. They keep playing these games like this. These keep they keep playing these games where you see these final scores. They win the game pretty handily, obviously with the exception of the game they lost to France. But they keep they keep playing these games where they win the final. The final score looks like they won pretty handily, but honestly, the game was a lot closer than that. Uh, Spain in the first half had a 16-3 run. They led by as many as 11 points. Uh, Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio, with one of the best performances I've seen throughout this Olympics. Uh, and unfortunately for Ricky Rubio, uh, Spain's been eliminated. And uh, Ricky, cause, because Ricky Rubio throughout this Olympic cycle, not just the Olympic games itself, even the exhibitions, Ricky Rubio has been playing. He played fantastic. He lit, he lit up France in the exhibitions. Uh, he had the big games earlier on in the tournament for them. Man, I, I think he played big against Japan. I think he had like 20 points and nine assists. I mentioned that on the show a few days ago. He also had the game uh, last night against the USA. He had 38 points for Spain in a losing effort, unfortunately, for Ricky Rubio. 38 points in the ballgame. He, he finished uh, with four rebounds and two assists. He had he went 13 to 20 from the field, four of seven from three-point from three point range. He also set a record for Spain in the Olympics with those 38 points. But unfortunately for Spain, it was not enough. Like I said, Kevin Durant had the 29 points, four assists. But also for uh, Team USA, what really got them going in this one was the, uh, their defensive effort. Did a great job of turning defense to offense. Uh, there was a stretch in the game in about the second quarter where they were down. 
and it was uh, I, I, I keep forgetting if it was Willie. I think it was Willie. Willie Hernan Gomez. Yeah, it was Willie because Wancho was hurt. Willie Hernan Gomez. He was going up. He was posting up against Draymond Green. And as he turned to the basket, Draymond poked it away. And that led to a Team USA run out, and they got a slam dunk. So possibility that um, that, that really was the catalyst for Team USA. Also, I just, I just got a report here that DeMar DeRozan plans to meet with the Clippers. So I've been talking about it here on the show. So check more on that later, as, that, as that's a possible developing story right now. But Draymond Green, his play against Spain, his defensive play poking the ball away against Spain, I thought was the catalyst for Team USA in their win last night. After that, they went on a run. They ended up tying the game at 43 apiece going into the break. And then in the second half, per usual, Team USA turned it on. Well, Kevin Durant turned it on in this in this particular instance. Kevin Durant went to work in that third quarter. Team USA had a run that was 22-6 to six and also held Spain without a field goal for four minutes and 16 seconds in the third quarter. So Spain was scoring points, but they didn't get a field goal until, the, until it was four minutes and 16 seconds remaining in the third quarter. So held them without a field goal for almost six minutes. Uh, to start the third, Spain would have an 11-2 run in the third, but uh, not enough. Team USA able to adjust, overcome, and they advance to the semifinals where they will play Australia. And there you see on my screen, uh, J- Draymond Green, perfect, perfect in these Olympics, man. Seven, seven of seven from the field, three of three from three-point line, two of two from the field. Kevin Durant was the offensive catalyst, but I think Draymond Green really turned it around. And I've mentioned Draymond Green throughout this. Um, Throughout this Olympic cycle for Team USA, I really think he's been the floor general. I mean, just watching him on offense, watching him on defense, always pointing something out, always hear him say, hear him as the loudest guy. There was a play in last night's game where the ball went into the backcourt. Drew Holiday was all by himself. You can hear Draymond Green. Drew, you're by yourself. You can just hear Draymond Green. And uh, Team USA, I mean, he, he's really been the floor. I think he's really been their floor general on both ends of the floor throughout the tournament. And, I mean, yet those numbers on the screen, I mean – that's more so of a joking stat. I mean, he, he's not really getting a lot of stats. He only had four points last night. And he, he's 7-7 seven seven from the field, 3-3 three of three from three-point land, 2-2 two of two from the free throw line. And all of that only equals 19 points. So he's only got, so he's only got 19 points in the tournament. But uh, here's something for the Draymond haters, though. If you, I know a lot of people don't like Draymond. I like Draymond. I know he's a polarizer figure. Um, also, 19, with the, he had, you see those numbers on the screen. They equal 19 points for Draymond Green throughout the tournament. But on the other side of that, he also has 15 fouls. So <laughs> Draymond Green, if he was to go scoreless and possibly foul out of the next game, he would have more total fouls than he has total points in the Olympics. So, so there's a fun stat. There's a, and there's a, hater, there's a hater stat for the Draymond haters. So remember, Draymond Green in the Olympics right now, he's got 19 points and 15 fouls. If he fouls out and goes scoreless in the next game, then that means that – uh. <laughs> He has more fouls than he has total points throughout the Olympics, man. So there you go. <laughs> uh, Team USA, they see back on the screen. tomorrow. Uh, they'll play tomorrow night, 11.15 p.m. They'll go up against Australia. Uh, I'll do a full recap of that tomorrow here on the World Class Hoops podcast, a full preview of that tomorrow here on the World Class Hoops uh, podcast, along with a recap of uh, Team USA, the women's team, as they take on Australia. And uh, before I get into that preview, let's go over some of what else is going on around the uh, Olympics. Also, Team USA, they're going to play Australia. And Australia, they defeated uh, Argentina. They see 97-59. Five players in double figures for Australia as they advanced to the uh, semifinals. They were led by uh, 18 points from Patty Mills. Uh, Patty Mills, much like what we've seen out of Ricky Rubio, which, much like we've seen out of Evan Fournier, with the, M- with the, NBA, the uh, NBA players that when they get into international play, the FIBA game, they end up having better performances. And that's what we're seeing out of Patty Mills. 
Remember when Australia played Team USA the first time in the exhibition, he was the spark. He had 24 points for Australia. So Patty Mills, 18 points leading the way for Australia as they roll over Argentina to move into the semifinals. Um, Argentina eliminated, much like Spain. So Argent, neither Argentina nor Spain will medal. And it's also a bit of an... We gotta tell him. No, I don't care what the doctor said. We gotta tell him now. Part of the science, AOTS, the realest boxing podcast in these internet streets. This is our block. Now you gonna get down or you gonna lay down? Subscribe to the YouTube channel. The videos are on the YouTube and Facebook page. Audio, you're gonna hear that on Google and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. No, no, no. No, he needs to know. Okay. He's always crying. Come kick it with the realist every Friday. Follow me at JA underscore the realist at Art of Side Boxing. That's A R T O F S C I Boxing. That's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Now, you either get down or you lie down. What's it going to be, sunshine? Apologize for that brief technical difficulty that you see on the screen. I was talking about Argentina and Spain, though. Uh, Argentina and Spain, their matchup uh, saw a bit of an end of an era. Argentina, uh, Luis Scola, he announced that he will uh, no longer participate for Argentina in the Olympics. And also for Spain, an end of an era, as both Pau Gasol and Marc Gasol have announced that neither of them will participate for Spain again. Both of them honored in their matchups by the players and fans alike, so... Salute, salute to all three of those guys. Like I said, Luis Scola, I remember when he was on the Houston Rockets, man. He used to have a long red hair in the video games and now wraps up his career. He got the kind of got that 44-year-old dad cut, though, you know, with the <laughs> with the gray, you know, kind of like my cut, but with the grays on the side a little bit. So <laughs> shout out to Luis Scola, shout out to Pal Gasol, and shout out to uh, Mark Gasol as, as well. There you see on the screen uh Luke Stanzik, who I had on the show yesterday, Chicago Bulls beat writer of Primetime Sports, Luke Stanzik. He, uh, he tunes into the show today. Thank you for tuning in, Luke. Thank you for being on the show yesterday. You can catch my interview with Luke available on the show page on YouTube. But also, Luke is asking, how do you think USA slows down Doncic if they advance and meet Slovenia in the finals? I think that's a very good question, Luke, because that was actually the next thing I was about to talk about right here on the World Class Hoops podcast was Slovenia as they, too, advanced past Germany with a 94-70 to win in the quarterfinals led by 20 points Eight assists from Luka Doncic and also uh, 27 points, six rebounds, and four assists from not the Drogic you know, but his brother, Zoran Drogic. So Goran Drogic, formerly of the Miami Heat. Uh, he, By the way, earlier, Goran Drogic, he announced that he will no longer return to Miami. He, he said his goodbyes to Miami after a long, a long stretch there. Also had some time in Phoenix earlier in his career. But uh, to answer Luke's question... If uh, Slovenia gets past France, which I think will be another good game, France because France beat Italy. France won 84-75 behind 22 from Rudy Gobert, nine rebounds as well, 21 from Evan Fournier. But uh, my, to answer Luke's question, let's bring it back up on the screen here. Uh, if USA meets uh, Slovenia, how do they slow down um, Luka Doncic? Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I have to admit, it will be a tough. It'll be a tough task for them if that is the matchup. It's going to be a tough task for them regardless of who they face. It's going to be tough for them against Australia. It's going to be tough for them against Slovenia because they're going to play Australia next, remember. And then they're going to play Slovenia and France. The issue that I think really makes Slovenia a little bit more tougher than France 
is that I think Slovenia with Luka Doncic, just his ability to create shots. He's averaging. I know he was averaging twenty eight points and like eight assists. He was average, I think he was the only. He was the only bet player having a better Olympics numerically than Ricky Rubio was Luka Doncic. So I think Luka Doncic, his ability to score alone is going to be tough for Team USA. And then when you add Zoran Dragic, you see Zoran Dragic, you see him adding twenty seven. I think Slovenia, their ability to get scoring out of Luka, hit by him, off him alone. And then they play the boxing one where they create, they create offense for other guys because, I mean, Luka, he's such an offensive weapon that you have to commit multiple defenders to him. And Team USA throughout this tournament has struggled guarding players individually. So it's really going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough ask for Team USA in this matchup. I expect to see a lot of Draymond Green, a lot of Drew Holiday if they do end up against Slovenia. But the thing that really scares me if Team USA, well, if they play any, either France or Slovenia, is the size inside. Rudy Gobert on the screen, 22 points, nine rebounds. But also, Slovenia has gotten some really good performances out of Mike Toby. They've gotten some good performances. I keep forgetting his first name, but I know his last name is Dermage. But Dermage, he ran the floor very well against Spain. And, and right now for Team USA, I think that's really a cause for concern considering what I saw in the game last night with Bam Adebayo. Not that Bam Adebayo was... Not to say that he was absolute garbage, but he had a lot of moments where I was like, come on, Bam, I need you to do better. For example, high pick and roll with Devin Booker. Hits him right in the hands, he drops the ball. Uh, late in, uh, another great play from Devin Booker. Loose ball, Devin Booker saved it, threw it behind his head. They hit Devin Book. They hit Bam out of by up the court, and instead of getting an easy basket, gets his shot blocked by Ricky Rubio. It seems like Bam Adebayo's confidence has been shaken a little bit. I was gonna try to, I was gonna try to save this for tomorrow's show, but since I'm on it now, I think Bam Adebayo's confidence has been shaken a little bit. And Team USA is really going to have to find a way to get him settled down because they're really going to need him on two levels of defense. They're going to need him in the high pick and roll against Luka. They're going to need him for switches against big men when they play Slovenia. So for Team USA, the key in that matchup, it will be the versatility of the defenders, like a Drew Holiday, a Draymond Green, a Bam Adebayo, the quickness of their ability to close out on Luka Doncic to prevent him from getting shots up and creating opportunities for others. And also their big men are going to have to match up against those big men that can be physical, but hey, they can also try to stretch stretch you out on the floor and get some jump shots up and also can run the floor well like a Mike Toby and like Dermot. So I think so I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a tough task if USA faces either of these teams against either France or Slovenia. But hey first, gotta get past Australia. But Slovenia, if it is Slovenia, I do I will say Luke, I think Slovenia scares me a little bit more than France. <laughs> Luke chimed in real quick. <laughs> That's a good one, Luke. <laughs> he said Bam Adebayo still scared from that uh, from that commercial with Jimmy Butler. I, hey, I don't know why Bam would be scared. Remember, Jimmy said it was all on him. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know why Bam would be scared. That was all his fault. So, uh, <laughs> so shout out, shout out, Luke Stanzik for tuning in, man, and uh, ch- and chiming in in the comment section, man. Uh, one last thing before we get out of here, man. We've had a lot of a lot of breaking news, man. Here, here look, I, I didn't get a chance to throw these up, but here we've had a lot of breaking news. I mean, the Lakers are signing people. Uh, they signed Carmelo Anthony. They signed Malik Monk. Uh, I already mentioned earlier breaking news: Demar Derozan plans to meet with the LA Clippers. I've been, I mean, after I end this show in a few minutes, I'm sure you can pause it and rewind it. But I've, I've mentioned that by being a possibility: Demar Derozan going to the Clippers. How that could possibly be um, mixed up with Kawhi Leonard, where he may go. Also, the sign and trade option. For, uh, with the Chicago Bulls for DeMar, Rosen, De, uh, DeMar DeRozan, so that's still on the table. So be on the lookout for that. So that's my break. So I didn't, I didn't get a chance to really use that graphic when, like, Carmelo signed or Malik Monk and all these other guys signed. But they're here, here, retroactively breaking news for all of those reports from earlier in the show. 
But before we get out of here, man, Team USA, the women, the women's Olympic qualifying, the Olympic quarterfinal matchup begins tonight for Team USA as they get ready to take on Australia. That begins at 11.40 p.m. Central Time. There you see on the screen, the winner of that will take on the winner of China and Serbia, and that game will be at 8 p.m. Central Time for those interested. So you can check both of those out tonight if, if, you, so, if you so choose to. Uh, some keys to get to this matchup tonight. Team USA, um, remember, they're coming in with a 52-game Olympic winning streak. They put that on the line against a team in Australia who did beat them in one of their three exhibitions. Remember, three Team USA lost to the WNBA All-Stars and then they lost to Australia as well before uh, beating Nigeria in their three uh, exhibitions to start off the Olympics. But since the Olympics have begun, it's Team USA has pretty much done what the men have done. They've gotten off to these bit of a slow starts. And they've turned it around in the uh, second half. And and for Team USA, a big key for that has been their interior play. Throughout the tournament, I've been mentioning, mentioning Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson, and Brittany Griner. And those three are going to be key, but not how you think. Yes, they're going to be key in, ter- in terms of scoring, but also their speed and in terms of getting back against this Australia, this Australia team. When they played Australia in the exhibition, I thought uh, Leilani Mitchell, the point guard, number five, she was excellent in finding in finding teammates in the opening floor, specifically Kayla George, number 15. She does a great job of running the floor. Sort of what I said about uh Slovenia when Luke asked me about the when, asked me about the men. Kayla George runs the floor very well for Australia, along with Leilani Mitchell. So they can get out and get and get, and get some easy fast break points against, the, against this team USA team that has been struggling with their outside shooting. And that's what concerns me most probably about Team USA, the women's team in uh, USA women's basketball in this matchup against Australia. Their shooting has been a little bit off. Jewel Lloyd has been struggling. Sue Bird, I mean, I, I talked about how she was like one of, uh, what was she, like one for 15 going into the uh, third game of the uh, preliminary round, but got back on track in that one. So they're going to need their outside shots. To, they're going to have to be hitting their outside shots. And also, if they miss, they're going to have to get back on the defensive end but the big ace in the hole for Team USA continues to be their size. Asia Wilson throughout this tournament has really been very dominant. I think she's been the most dominant player throughout the uh, women's side of the Olympics. Uh, she's had some solid performances. But I think it was 20 points, nine rebounds a few games ago, 20 and seven, 22 and 22 and seven a few games, uh, the game after that. So con- constantly putting up 19, what, 19, 20, 22 points for Asia Wilson throughout this tournament. So Look for Asia Wilson to be that big to sort of be that big ace in the hole for Team USA. Whenever they get in trouble, get a ball to Asia on the block, let her hit a post up on the hit a post up off the glass, hit her turnaround uh, step back jump shot, which she does very well as a result of her movement without without the ball. So Team USA, their size inside that's 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 where I think they have the advantage. But once again, if if their shot isn't falling, I think Australia can give them some problems if they get into the open floor with Leilani Mitchell and Kayla George, and also some of their shooters as well. So I expect for it to be a good game. Team USA putting that 52-game winning Olympic winning streak on the line against Australia later tonight at 11.40 p.m. Central Time. And if they advance tomorrow, I'll be covering that right here on the World Class Hoops Podcast, recapping Team USA against Australia. I'm, I'm recapping it either way, but I'll be previewing whoever. I'll be previewing the winner of USA versus Australia versus the winner of China-Serbia, as will I be previewing the other semifinal, which will feature either Japan and Belgium or Spain and France. All of that right here tomorrow on the World Class Hoops Podcast. Also going to be more coverage on NBA Free Agency. I, hey, that DeMar DeRozan situation is fluid, man. I, I know you, I know if you if you sat through me, you sat through this whole episode with me, I know you're probably tired of me mentioning DeMar DeRozan, but hey, it's fluid, man. It's a fluid situation, man. 
just being I'm just trying to be a good reporter here, man. Like like I did. That's why the show's a little like I did last night. That's why the show's a little bit late. You know, stayed up to watch the game, the USA Spain game live. Woke up a little later than expected, so had to push the show back. But expect for me to be back tomorrow with another episode. And remember, you can catch the World Class Hoops Podcast on Twitter at WCHP Media, Facebook at World Class Hoops Podcast, and YouTube at World Class Hoops Podcast. Also streaming on all services. Also available on all streaming services, including Apple. Uh, oh my goodness. Anchor, Apple, Google, and Spotify. I say that like six times a week and somehow can't. Like I'm I'm stumbling it over. Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and then also, you know, you available on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And also you can catch me on social media. Remember, I'm your host, Chris Rouse. You can catch me on social media at King Rouse21 right there on your screen. And remember, until next time, man, positive energy to you all. I want to shout out Luke Stanzik. Remember my interview, I guess you could call it an interview, my discussion with Luke yesterday, where we just, where we talked about the Chicago Bulls, how a lot of a lot of what we talked about came true. Lonzo to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, didn't, ex- didn't expect Alex Caruso, but once again, much like when they drafted Ayo Dosumu, pleasant surprise for me as a Bulls fan. And uh, I'll have more free agency tomorrow along with my another Olympic recap. But until next time, man, positive energy to you all. Salute to you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night, wherever you may be. It's afternoon where I'm at. But until next time, man, this has been another presentation of the World Class Hoops podcast, man. You all stay safe out there, man, and have a good one. Salute. It's a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the World Class Hoops Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you may be. That's a wrap.